Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name's Stephen Cook, and this is a talk based on John chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, said Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 18. The British Medical Journal, picking up on a survey in America, recently talked about an epidemic of loneliness which threatens public health. 50% of those surveyed reported experiencing some degree of loneliness. Loneliness increases your chance of dementia by 50%, according to some studies. Heart disease and stroke by 30%. Effects overall equivalent to heavy smoking. An estimated 4 million people in the UK report feeling lonely or isolated most or all of the time, with certain groups like young people, bereaved people, disabled people and lesbian and gay people at particular risk. I was surprised to discover this week that there's a Minister for Loneliness, Baroness Barron. Despite millions of pounds being spent and it being brought to our attention, the problem seems to be growing not diminishing. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, said Jesus. The disciples were about to be orphaned. The man they'd followed for the last three years, who they had seen as the Messiah, the man who decided where they went, what they did, how they lived, the man who had become the focus of their lives, was about to be taken from them in the cruelest imaginable way. They were locked in a room in secret in a city that was at the heart of the opposition. One of their number had left on a mission of betrayal. No wonder this section begins with Jesus saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. So, are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling orphaned? One of the most disastrous advertising campaigns in history came about when Embassy decided to promote its Strand cigarette with the slogan, you're never alone with the Strand. A man who looked a bit like Frank Sinatra was seen lighting a cigarette while the theme Lonely Man by Cliff Adams was played in the background. Sales dropped, quite simply because no one wanted to be thought of as lonely. Lonely is Billy No Mates. Lonely is social failure. Lonely is the opposite of every happy, shiny advert you've ever seen. Lonely is just not cool, even with a Frank Sinatra Mac and tasteful camera work. The reality is that most of us do feel lonely sometimes. Maybe not all the time, but sometimes. And some things that we're asked to do can be lonely tasks. Some stages in our life can be lonely times. And even if we're lucky enough never to experience loneliness, we can be sure that we're surrounded by people who do. I touched on this once before in a talk and was taken on one side by someone afterwards who wanted to be very clear that just because she lived alone didn't mean that she was lonely. She was right, of course. There's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. Aloneness is something we might crave, 
Jesus himself sorted out because that was where he could be with his heavenly father, away from the noise and press of people. Many people live alone perfectly happily and wouldn't have it any other way. Loneliness is something you can experience in a crowd. It can come with success as easily as with failure. It can happen to popular people as easily as misfits. It can happen to anyone. The word translated orphans could also be comfortless or bereaved. Jesus is promising another advocate, another comforter, who would be with them forever. What was about to happen, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, would leave them bewildered. But beyond it, something wonderful would happen. What was going to seem like a withdrawal was quite the opposite. Jesus was going away so that he could be with them in a new and dynamic way. We're coming to the last Sunday of Easter. This coming Thursday is Ascension Day. For the disciples it was going to be a going away, but we celebrate it as an ascension. Not just because they saw Jesus being taken up into heaven, but because it's about Jesus entering into the presence of God as our friend in the highest place, our advocate. So he said, I will not leave you as orphans, as comfortless, as bereaved. I will come to you. You don't have to be a child to be an orphan. Most people experience it at some stage in their lives when their second parent dies and they realise there's no generation beyond them. No one has to die for you to be bereaved. It can happen when dreams die, when unwanted change happens, when relationships break up. And you don't have to be on your own to feel lonely. It can happen when, for one reason or another, you've retreated into a world of your own and have not let anyone else in. The antidote to being orphaned is to find a family. And this is where the idea of the church being a family is so much more than just something we say. Corporations like to talk about their staff as being part of a family. And if they carry through on it, then it's not a bad ambition. Members of an ideal family, which is what they have in mind, have a sense of belonging together, of supporting each other, of caring for each other. And if you can work for an organisation like that, you're lucky indeed. But if you started calling your workmates brother, or sister, or worse, your, your boss as father or mother, you'd get some funny looks. The analogy only goes so far. But for us, family is not an analogy. It's a proper description. Because we are brothers and sisters. We have the same heavenly father. We're blood relations. Not because we share DNA, but because of the blood of Jesus. We're adoptees, and as such, fellow heirs of the kingdom of God. This is where we belong. This is where we're no longer orphans. And it's not just words. We believe it's reality. Now, families can be difficult. Families can be turbulent, argumentative, dysfunctional, even abusive. They're not always the answer to everything. But at their best, they're a place of acceptance, of commitment where we can be ourselves without fear of rejection. Places where we can contribute and receive, and above all, places where we don't feel we're on our own, 
because there are others who believe in us and want the very best for us. This is what our church fellowship should and can be. When Jesus' promise that he would not leave them as orphans but he would come to them was fulfilled, the Holy Spirit came on the church. It was when the disciples were gathered together in one place that Pentecost happened. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to the church. Some should be pastors, some teachers, some prophets, etc., etc. The Holy Spirit is given so that we can be built up in love. So each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The answer to the longing of our hearts is that we should be the answer to the longing of the hearts of others. We're no longer orphans because we've been placed in a family. Now this may all sound very highfalutin and very far from the church as we know it, but extraordinary things can happen even when the church is running at 20% of its potential. It's a sad thing that at a time when there's an epidemic of loneliness across our country, churches find themselves in a weak position to respond. Maybe those two things are connected. Because in the past, churches were such a vital part of the social fabric. We need to guard and nurture the life of our fellowship because it's a precious thing. Not just for our sake, but for the sake of our community. This Easter I was struck again by the words of Jesus from the cross to Mary and John. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. When we're orphaned or in need of comfort, God gives us family. He gives us each other. He gives us brothers and sisters. He gives us the spirit-filled church. For the last few years, we've been encouraged by the Archbishop of Canterbury and others to make the 10 days between Ascension and Pentecost days of prayer. It's an initiative called Thy Kingdom Come, and you can find out more if you search for it. There are days when we practice what we preach, that the answer to the problems of the world, of the church, to our own problems, is not some shiny new initiative, but a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is given, it will be to the gathered church. This is the fulfilment of the promise that Jesus will not leave us as orphans, but will come to us. So I'll leave you with this thought. Pray for the Spirit to be poured out afresh on the church. Not the building, obviously. Not the institution. Not just the services on a Sunday. But on us. So that as members of one family, we can be the fulfilment of Jesus' promise. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. May God bless this word to us. Amen.